Episode, I'll be talking with Will Stigman, host of the Slice podcast and the all time nicest person on Twitter. Thanks for joining me, Will. How are you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing great. Thank you for that very warm introduction. <laughs> it was, you know, I had to think about it. What do I want to say about you, Will? And, and that is, is the, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind is how just, just generally nice you are and, um, and, and open and honest. And, um, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's something for me that, that inspires me to be more like you. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you, you know, on watch time, because I know that you're an Apple watch user and I use this podcast as sort of a launch pad to talk to people, um, about the watch and then about things deeper. Um, so, so we'll get into some fun things tonight. Um, but if we can, let's just start, t- tell me a bit about who you are beyond, you know, the host of the slice podcast. And Yeah, for sure. So, um, just uh, piggybacking on what you just said, so Slice is our uh, podcast, is our um, brainchild between me and my um, colleagues, Mike McCauley and uh, Gabriel Jordan. And uh, we were all employees at Apple Retail for many years. And um, for a while, we kind of, we wanted to have a place in a forum after Apple uh, mm-hmm. Retail because we had all kind of gone our separate ways and we we found ourselves wanting to have an outlet and, and to talk about tech and, and that kind of thing. Um, we had season one where it was more news of the week. And then uh, we've just recently taken like a year and a half hiatus and come back for season two. And this time we're trying to do uh, more guests and also talk about more evergreen topics with news of the week mixed in. Um, so that's been very fun. And um, But a little bit more about me. Um, I am an Apple lover. I'm a tech lover. I um, I have a very long background with tech, and I think it intertwines with a lot of my personal experience. Um, I was born with dwarfism, mm-hmm. and um, I have a type of dysplasia called kinesis dysplasia, and it only affects uh, one in one million births. So there's not a lot of people that have it in the world. And, uh, but there are a lot of people living with different types of dwarfism. Mm -hmm. And I also, um, I wear hearing aids and I say those two things to say, I think that kind of sets a little bit of a platform for how I not just use the watch specifically, but also how I use technology specifically. Mm -hmm. And my dad growing up, he always knew I wasn't going to have, you know, necessarily the physical capacity to do certain labor intensive jobs, but he knew I would have to use my brain. So he introduced me to technology at a very young age. And it's always been something that um, I was very fortunate as a child to have the means uh, to kind of have, you know, the parents to have the foresight, but also not just from a um, logistical perspective, like they weren't just cramming it down my throat, but also Mm -hmm. like I got the fun stuff too, like, you know, the Nintendo 64 and the Dreamcast and all the, you know, video game systems, but I also had more of the learning technology and that kind of thing for as much as you could in, you know, the early 90s and mid 90s. Yeah. So so do you have like a, like a home PC or, you know, what was, what was the the technology that you were introduced to and, and, was there sort of a double reason, you know, both for you and for them or, or how so? 
Yeah, so that's a, a funny, I have a funny story about that. So when I was, I must have been five because we moved to where we are now when I was five uh, to this to the town where we live, which is Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember getting my first tower computer with Windows 3.1. And it had a a B drive and a CD-ROM drive. And we, of course, must have been 92. And uh, we, you know, unbeknownst to us, computers still kind of new. In general, for the general population, we put a CD into the B drive and got (laughs) it stuck. And so we had to kind of like fish it out with a butter knife. I don't even remember. Like it was very, I was young. And I think that particular instance, it made an impression on me because it was so funny. Mm -hmm. But I don't actually remember how we got it out. But eventually we did. But that was kind of my first uh, introduction into computers. And specifically talking about like platforms. I was a Windows user from that point in 92. And actually my, um, my kindergarten uh, class all the way through the rest of school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I was in a pretty progressive kindergarten. Uh, we used computers there, and that was awesome. That had to be ninety, about ninety two as well, a ninety three. Um, and so, you know, it, being exposed to it at home at school was always, you know, something that I was kind of engrossed in. And then I was uh, introduced to the Mac platform in two thousand six. When I went to uh, college, I actually thought I was going to do graphic design, and I convinced uh, my dad, like, this, I need a Mac, like, I need one. <laughs> and uh, I, I started working for Apple Retail about a year later, and one of my now good buddies is the one that sold me the computer, you know, the year prior. And the Apple store at Crabtree, where I worked for a long time, it uh, it it had opened up in June of 2006. Mm-hmm. And I think I went to get my computer like tax-free weekend because that's something we do in North Carolina or what we used to do. By the way, that was the worst retail weekends. <laughs> I don't know crazy, if you've ever right? experienced that. Uh, but it was, those were the worst as a, as an employee. Uh, but anyway, so I got my computer in uh, the fall of 06 or late summer of 06 mm-hmm. and ended up changing my major, but was a convert for life after that. You got in, and, right? Uh, yeah. When I started working for Apple in 2007, um, it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for myself, it was the, um, the MacBook Pro in 2009. It was the first one after the, the, the aluminum body MacBook. And they added an SD card and some different ports to it. But uh, it was strictly because of college. I was going to school for journalism. And um, there was like one class that required iMovie. And so I had to have a Mac. And my grandparents helped out with that. And, um, you know, and, and I ended up doing a year and a half at at, uh, at college. And that was it. And um, then, you know, just, just different things happened in life where I didn't make it through. And um, but the Mac was still mine. And that purchase sort of set me through to still getting to where I am, where, you know, I've got an interest in, in sharing stories and covering news and, and, uh, and technology. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's cool how we have that sort of similar story where, you know, I was the same way where I was very young and technology was just like, you know, my, my, I live with my grandparents and they were intimidated by it, but they needed to have it for work. 
and I was a little kid and everything's the same like level of, mm-hmm. of toy, you know, whether it's a, mm-hmm. a, a very expensive computer, you know, or, or a boombox or something. But, um, I, because of that easy exposure, early exposure, you know, it's always felt just like this is something to be around. And, um, as a dad of, of two kids, I've, I've, I keep that in mind about how lucky I am where, you know, there's all these warnings about limit time. Um, you know, limiting screen time is one thing, but just like limiting time around this category of, of thing, whether it's video games or the TV set or whatever. Um, but, but as a parent, you know, I, I keep in mind, you know, experiences like mine and yours. And it's like, yeah, you know, I, I want to be way more thoughtful about exposure, but I also want it to feel as natural as like pen and paper, you know, and not be intimidated mm-hmm. by it. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I can imagine that's kind of a, a juggling act. I am, I'm not a father, but I am an uncle, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I, I see that as something that kind of that my brother-in-law and sister-in-law they they kind of try to do that as well. And it, it's definitely it's a it's a new world out there for this generation. Um, and I think one thing that's interesting about our generation, um, because we're not that far apart in age, right? But I, you know, we're whatever generation they want to put a label on. I think <laughs> they call us like generation X or whatever. I don't know, but it's basically the generation of people that grew up before that have memories of growing up before the internet mm-hmm. and memories after. And so we kind of have the best of both worlds where we're not intimidated by the internet. We're not intimidated by current and, and, and um, burgeoning technology, but we also, we take the time to fix things because we had to growing up. And, you know, what, what, I don't want to sound like an old man, but like quote kids today, <laughs> they, they, we have to teach them like the troubleshooting skills. I don't mm. know if that's something that you ever focus on with, with your own kids, but oh, like, totally. Yeah. Empowering. Like, yeah, I, I can fix right. this for you, but let's talk about how to do it yourself the next time. Totally. Exactly. And I see yeah. that so much, um, with kids and even their parents kind of just expecting things to work. Hmm. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I am, uh, I am the, <laughs> I am a many friends and family's own personal Apple, Google.com. Right, uh, right. And so, you know, I totally don't mind helping out, but often I will kind of sometimes push back and be like, well, did you look up how to do this? Or did you like even try uh, <laughs> to fix it? Um, but you know, I, I think that's definitely a really, really good skill to have. And mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, is important for me personally, not just with technology, but on a physical level. Like, I have to do that. Like, I have mm-hmm. no option uh, but to try to overcome obstacles literally every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel very empowered to do it uh, from, a, from a tech standpoint. And I almost feel like, that's part of the reason why I love technology is that I have this sense of an even playing field uh, when it comes to that. And I have this uh, shiny badge where like people know me that I can, you know, typically fix something where in, you know, my non-tech life, mm-hmm. there's physically a lot of things I can't do. So I try to make up for that with things that I can do with my you know brain, you know? That's a really good perspective too. It's like you, 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 I mean, uh, I think quite to be to be quite fair, you're not actually on an even level playing field when it comes to technology. Like you're above a lot of people. You know, you've got that childhood exposure to technology and and a curiosity about it and a patience with it that 
where it becomes, you know, it can be like a superpower for you where you, where you, you know, you ace at it. And, um, it's, that's a really cool perspective to have and that balance of how it differs from your physical life. Um, let, let's fast forward from 06 to your first Apple watch, whatever year that is, you know, tell yeah. me why did you get the first Apple watch? I know, I know you're wearing one tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your history with the Apple watch and, you know, uh, your first one and then what you have today. So I vividly remember my first Apple watch. I oftentimes, except in rare cases, um, I have had every iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, day one, except until this year. And we can okay. tell that story later. <laughs> and, uh, the Apple watch has, I had it day one, the series one or zero rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not get a series two. I did get a series three briefly, then a four, and now I have the five. And my uh, first experience, I pre-ordered it, had everything ready to go, and I was on a business trip. And I used to work for a company. I'm still in ed tech, but um, I used to work for a company where we would go to different college campuses, and we were visiting at the University of Virginia. And I was with a couple of colleagues. It was an, it was a bigger than normal group, and they all knew like they all know how much I love Apple stuff. Every like anybody who knows me, they know how much I go nuts over <laughs> stuff like this. And so I was trying to get UPS to drop the Apple Watch off at my house, and. It was the day it came out, and I was not home yet. And I, I think at that point, I hadn't actually um, been away from Apple retail very long. Cause typically, mm-hmm. I would get my phones like in the store. So I had only been removed from Apple retail for like a year at that point. And I, you know, was starting to get things shipped home sometimes, and like learning how UPS worked. How customers certain. do it, right? Yeah, and so. I realized that UPS had tried to deliver it and had like, it was an exception. And like, I got the notice on my phone and I just, I freaked out. And so, <laughs> Mr. Window. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, my, my friend, uh, Andy thought it would be really hilarious to pose as the UPS driver and call my phone, which a number I didn't have in my phone, pretend like he was going to turn around and drop it off. And I was so excited, and then I ha- I found out, and he was in the car. I mean, maybe <laughs> oh, no. not in the car, but like he was with me on the trip. Right. Found out it was a prank, and I was so sad. Oh no! Point being, I I ended up getting it the next morning, uh, that Saturday morning. I think I drove to UPS. I think I had to pick it up from there or something. But mm-hmm. I remember opening it up. And uh, I had the the uh, one with the green sport um, band. Yeah, it was yeah. like the white lime green. I'm a I'm a fan of green, so I really like the midnight green. Um, iPhone, iPhone 11. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> um, so I opened it up and I just really was fascinated. And and we actually talked about this uh, when you were on the show when you were on Slice last week. You briefly mentioned the Pebble. Mm-hmm. I had been a, a user of Pebble since. Also, almost day one, I was a backer on Kickstarter. Oh, cool. And so um, for a long time, you know, I'd been a watch wearer my whole life. Like mm-hmm. from the time that, 
you normally would wear a watch, I have been wearing a watch probably since, like, I don't know, probably middle school. And so, like, I, it wasn't foreign to me to have something on my wrist. And so, I had been wearing Pebble since it had come out, and I, I put the Apple Watch on my wrist, and this was, what, what April of 2013? April 2015, I think. Oh, 20, you're right. Sorry, yeah. 2015. Yeah. The, the Pebble had come out in 2014. Oh, oh, 20, for Pebble, right, yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I had 2012, one. maybe later. You're probably right about that because I, I, I had one as well, and I had sold it like a year too soon, thinking the Apple Watch, you know, it was was around the corner and it wasn't quite yeah. yet. Yeah. So I went about a so year without a watch. But. I had had the Pebble for a while, did different like mods and stuff, like really enjoyed it for what it was. Uh-huh. And but I put the Apple Watch on uh in April of twenty fifteen and I'm like, this is next level. Yeah. And I remember being especially impressed by the haptic motor mm-hmm. as opposed to the vibration motor. And it honestly it still impresses me to this day. Like we we kind of take it for granted as just like a little tap on the wrist, but it's so non invasive. Mm-hmm. But also, it, when I stop and think about how my brain has registered what, like, a click, 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 long, or a click, click, or a click, long, I mm-hmm. kind of, in my head, I know, okay, this is probably going to be a Slack notification versus a text message versus, you know, some other kind of alert. Right. It amazes me that I, I kind of learned that without even, in my, you know, frontal conscious. Like try to uh, learn a new language, but your body's caught up, you know, your brain and your right. body have, have connected in that way. Yeah. Exactly. So those are my first impressions when I first, uh, when I first started it. It's, it's a, it's a cool perspective there too, because, you know, if you go from a, a, a regular watch, whether it's a digital watch or an analog watch to the Apple watch, then until series five, the big limitation was on any other watch, you can see the time anytime. And on the Apple Watch, you need to raise your wrist or tap the screen or press a button or spin the crown. And um, and, and now with the Series 5, it isn't a problem because the time can always be displayed. Um, but that was one of the early knocks from people who were, were you know, nor- normally wore a watch. Uh, for many people, it was that the iPhone had replaced a watch at all because it was the, the time in their pocket, you know, or in their hand. Um, but I was like you, or I had, I had worn the Pebble. And there was some iPhone integration in that you could have, like, your notifications, uh, specifically, like, text messages could be shown on the Pebble. You could Mm -hmm. read them. I don't think you could reply to them, though. And you could remotely control playback, like, a podcast or music. You know, you could do your sort of, like, now playing controls there, like, play, pause, Mm -hmm. skip. Mm -hmm. But you couldn't, you know, select something. And there was certainly no Siri integration with Pebble. And so those were the things where I was like, this is, they're onto something with this watch. And I like it as like a, you know, a gadgety computer thing. But um, there's so many things that only Apple would be able to do in a smart watch. And whenever the Apple Watch came out and I had that perspective of using Pebble before that, then it was just like, this is everything that I've wanted. And even yeah. if it wasn't. You know, I mean, it was it was it, it had a lot of flaws in the first year with the first generation hardware, but um, just in terms of like what they were trying to accomplish, and in many ways, things that they they, they nailed, uh, it was it was a leap forward in, in that regard. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I, you and I, once again, you, you stated a minute ago when you when you come from something 
comparable. It is much different than kind of comparing it with something historical, if you will. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, like, you know, obviously your traditional crystal-based watch with dials or whatever, that's, no pun intended, timeless. And it's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years uh, versus the pebble that had only been around for a couple of years. And I think once again, like I was comparing it from the mindset of pebble as mm-hmm. opposed to this traditional classic watch. Frankly, to be honest with, with you, and I think you alluded to this as well when you were on our show, the always on functionality was never really that big of a deal breaker for me. I know that my colleague, uh, Mike McCauley, it was one big thing for him. And it's definitely a nice to have. And I'm, I'm definitely wouldn't want to not have it, if you will. So I, I don't mind that I have it, but I also never felt hindered by not having it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, you know, as, as we record in, in 2019, Apple sells the Series 3 watch and they sell the Series 5 watch. And so they still sell an Apple watch without, without an always on display. And it's a really good value. And, um, and it, it's, I think it's very much the case that not having always on, we lived with it for four generations before the, the Series yeah. 5. And so it's, it's, you know, and you can turn it off on the Series Five, and still, and sort of prolong battery life further than you could otherwise. And um, you know, it's, and sometimes it's, you need to. Yeah, sometimes you might need to. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's a very practical thing. Of like, if I'm um, like like in a few weeks, I'll be doing a half marathon race at Disney World, and in that situation, you know, the the watch is rated for eighteen hours, but that's for like a with a one hour workout. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're gonna do a longer um, you know, whether it's a longer walk or a hike or anything, you know, where a half marathon or a half marathon, right. <laughs> if you're going to run for 13.1 miles, then, um, then it's unfair to think the watch will make it on its own without taking some, some, some steps ahead of time. So for example, um, I have a friend who was on the podcast, uh, a friend now through the podcast, um, Rahul Mata, who ran in the Chicago marathon. So that's 26.2 miles. And he published, um, sort of a, a settings guide of like what he did with his Apple watch series five to get through, um, 26.2 miles of running, um, with just the Apple watch and no iPhone. And, and, and so it was a lot of things like theater mode. So the display won't turn on even when mm-hmm. you raise your wrist, um, always on, obviously turned off, you know, because it's going to tax the battery and, mm-hmm. um, and, and things like that. And so, um, that will be sort of a, a guide to me to follow. And I've done half marathons. I've done three so far. This will be the fourth one. Um, and they've always, they've always been experienced of how do you get the most out of the watch in those situations? And you've got to kind of, you know, take, take it a different way. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, well, that's something I'm looking forward to, but, um, even in general, the, the, like the series three, I wore that for a few weeks before the series five was here. I had sold my series four and it was just really like, you know, this whole idea of like perspective and like where, how you see things from different points of view, um, Mm -hmm. is really affecting me lately because it was like. I, I could get used to wearing this again. You know, it would mm-hmm. be totally fine. And uh, it made me really appreciate that as a $200 price point. And, and then also the fact that, like, that's what we had is, like, the state-of-the-art Apple Watch for a whole year, where the Series 3 was, like... Not that hey. long ago, either. Right, yeah. You get, um, you know, built-in cellular as an option, and they all have a GPS inside and, and different features, you know, and they're faster. Um, yeah, so it's it's all kind of where, where you're coming from and how you look at things, but... Um, 
let's let's talk a bit about um something that we started to touch on 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 your slice podcast mm-hmm. and um I felt like this is a a good good avenue to expand on that which is the accessibility features of the Apple Watch and in particular on WatchOS the software that runs on the watch because accessibility is is an area where Apple they do a, an amazing job you know whether it's on the Mac or the iPhone or the iPad and and you don't often think about it on the watch, but because the watch is, you know, strapped to your wrist and you've got voice control for voice input and you've got, you know, audio feedback and you've got haptic feedback, then there's so many ways where it can, because it's literally on you, it can be more accessible than, than even the iPhone might be. Um, and, and there are some extraordinary situations where, like, if you, you know, that there there have been cases of this where someone has a wreck and their phone gets flung across the car and they can't reach it, but they hold on the side button on their Apple watch to call 911 and emergency services come to rescue them. Like that's, you know, that is accessibility in a humongous way. Um, but, but even just day to day, there are features that can be, you know, settings that can be tweaked or features that can be turned on that can improve the watch experience. So, um, will both in, 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 in your life and even just things that you might not use, but find it interesting, you know, what are some of your favorite watch OS, Apple watch accessibility features that are possible? So that's a good question. And I have a couple of them, but I also have some, some, uh, gripes with accessibility sure. as it comes, uh, from the Apple watch. So mm-hmm. one that I mentioned on the show uh, that I also have turned on on my Apple Watch is on-off labels. And this is specifically talking uh, directly about your, you know, going into the, hey, let's go into accessibility and the Apple Watch. This, these are some of the options that you have in here. I'm going to get a little bit more philosophical as we go along here. Sure. The on-off labels, um, I always am a big fan of that on the phone and the watch. And a lot of these things I'm I'm talking about, you can find on the watch as well. Um, another thing for me, and I don't know if you think about it as an accessibility feature or not, but one thing I always do, and I think in watchOS uh, 6, they've made even one notch smaller, at least for the Series 4 and 5. I turn my display font or uh, text size to the lowest setting mm-hmm. uh, so I can see more of whatever I'm trying to look at. Um Obviously, you know, into the reverse of that, and if you have vision impairment issues or just want it to be a little bit bigger, um, by all means, you can go the other way. Um, one place I think it falls short, and I don't know if this is user error or beta or watchOS 6 or what. <laughs> right. uh, I've been running watchOS 6 since June when it came out. And right, I'm, beta, I'm currently, yeah. yeah, I'm currently on the 6.1 beta 3. And one thing that hasn't seemed to work, at least, um, one, so I mentioned earlier in the show, and I mentioned on our show, I wear hearing aids, and they're mm-hmm. MFI hearing aids, and I really, on, on the phone, I really enjoy having the ability natively, um, and which can be set up through accessibility uh, functionality, to setting the side button, um, three taps, or three clicks, and it takes you right to... Some presets that the hearing aids have, the volume, the treble, the bass, and then I can, in the presets section, uh, go into the app that um, the manufacturer has and kind of say, I want the microphone on or off in this setting, and a variety of other things. So one might be better for like a loud restaurant, 
and then another one might be better for like um i ride a scooter and i work downtown so a lot of times i'm like i'm scooting around downtown and so like let's say i'm scooting around downtown and i want to listen to a podcast i'm trying to get to you know a coffee shop i'm going to or whatever and lunch i'm trying to go get my food and so um, i can set it to this other preset and it's better for like turning off the microphone and turning on wind reduction and that kind of scenario I have not gotten that to work on watchOS 6, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, it's something that I wish would work, but I, I've i just been befuddled. Yeah, uh, so so MFI is it's made for iPhone is what it stands for, and it's a, mm-hmm. it's a certification that Apple will give um, a class of devices, whether it's, you know, an, an adapter to something or, in your case, hearing aids, and they've got special iOS on the iPhone integration. And this is something that, that you talked about on Slice that I, I didn't know about, but it's that you get this like sort of, um, you know, built in system level integration with your hearing aids where you can control them. And it's not a clunky UI that's never been updated, you know, since the, you know, 2010s era, but it's built right in with the same look as like your volume control, or your brightness mm-hmm. control, right? They um, update it in every OS. Right. iOS. And in, and in this case, on the Apple Watch, there is an option and accessibility, accessibility shortcut to select triple-click digital crown for hearing devices. But I, I tried it, and I don't have anything connected to it, so I, it just says done. And you're that's showing all me the mine same does, thing. too. And you're showing me the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's something, that's something that, um, you know, in your situation, I think it's a very, very you know, maybe – People haven't discovered it because it's one level down from the iPhone, mm-hmm. where it's that, that's one mass. But then on the Apple Watch, you get kind of you know more limited. Um, so you're a good candidate for finding that, and so you might be one of the first to discover that maybe just a beta issue or something. But it's not functional. Yeah, you're right. And and as you were saying that sentence, I know you were kind of alluding that I should offer some feedback, and I, I definitely should. <laughs> you know, when I'm running the betas during the summertime. Um, and it coincided with me getting these new hearing aids over the summertime. time. Right. I had told you on the other show, like I got my new hearing aids literally the week after, uh, iOS 13 had come out and my audiologist, who's also my friend's dad, we were, we were <laughs> confused because the accessibility, um, options had been moved to the main setting screen, which is great on the iPhone. And so there had been some things that they had obviously, intentionally changed and i, I want to mm-hmm. say possibly on the watch as well and so i had never cared about pairing uh the hearing aid to the watch i don't know if it's a matter of i have to pair it to the watch in addition to the phone oh or like man piggyback on i've tried doing it i don't mm-hmm. know it may or may not be that um I, I but you're right i should probably file a bug and at least see like how this should actually work. In my opinion, it should piggyback like it does for Wi-Fi, what the mm-hmm. Bluetooth device is connecting to the phone to the watch. But I don't know how that works. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, if you just um, take Bluetooth audio for example, AirPods and things with Apple's H1 or W1 chip, like Beats headphones, they will pair with anything over iCloud. So if it's your iPhone or your iPad or your Mac or your Apple watch, which is a big convenience of AirPods and, and, and then, and then beats headphones, um, that, that Apple also makes. So in that case, you do get the automatic syncing stuff. But before AirPods came out, I used to use just any other wireless Bluetooth headphones. 
And in that case, it was always a manual pair from the phone and then a manual pair to the watch. Um, so that, that could be the case, but did you mention that you had tried that as well or is it something that yeah, you tried? And, and fun fact, um, with it, when it comes to MFI hearing devices, um, is a separate layer, uh, of connecting mm-hmm. via Bluetooth than the main Bluetooth setting on the, on the main page. So you have to go under accessibility to hearing devices and then it uses Bluetooth, but it's a separate section of of the UI of right, the OS right. um, where I wouldn't go to Bluetooth to see the fact that my hearing aids are connected. But when it when they are connected, which they do successfully connect to the phone, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Which one thing that's kind of neat is just like AirPods, I can see my battery level on the widget on the battery right, widget. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, which is kind of nice. Um, so, you know, I, th- that's a big part of my um, accessibility, dipping my toe into it as far mm-hmm. as the phone goes. And I knew you were going to ask me this question, and I knew I was going to have to say, eh, I haven't really experienced accessibility, quote-unquote, for what I use it for to the full level on my watch as I have with the phone. Right, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that I do. One other thing, as you were describing this segment or this question, as you were framing it, um, mm-hmm. that I think about uh, accessibility-wise is something that I do with my wife whenever we are in like a, a big store like Target or the mall or something where we basically we start in the same place, but we kind of like maybe split off for a little bit of time. Totally, and yeah. that is using the walkie-talkie app. And it's particularly useful to me uh, because uh, I, whenever I'm in a big store like that, as I mentioned before, I, I use a scooter. And so any kind of place where I'm going to have to walk a lot or, or maybe a, an amusement park like Disney or um, we're going to be going on one of our favorite things, which is a cruise next month. Right, yeah. Um, so when, when we do those things, having walkie-talkie is really convenient because I can kind of have one hand on uh, – the gas, if you will, on my scooter. And then mm-hmm. the other hand, sometimes I'll use as Mike Hurley, uh, so, so eloquently describes the nose tap. Um, mm-hmm. when you kind of click and hold, uh, the, the walkie talkie, I can do that. And that is really kind of a hacky accessibility <laughs> feature, but I think one nonetheless. Yeah. And, and there is, you know, to kind of back up a little bit with, for, for me, walkie talkie is one of those things where, um, it's a feature for everybody, but mm-hmm. if you can if you can find a use case in your own life where it just it's not just a novelty, but it makes things easier. Mm-hmm. That's so much of what the watch is. I think for everybody, where mm. you know, like for me, I could I could have gotten into running at any point, but there were a million reasons not to or excuses not to, and it was the watch, like putting a big visual indicator of like motion and movement, you know, and like putting it on on a device that. You know, if I wore a fitness tracker, I would get bored of it and like put it in a drawer. But if I'm doing this for notifications and, you know, the fact that it's a gadget, then I just kind of stumble into the other stuff about it, you know. Um, So in a lot of ways, just the watch itself is more access or easier access, bigger convenience than just the iPhone on its own. Um, So so much about it is just easier access to those things that are important to you. Um, but then yeah. like even, even, even with features like that, like I know for walkie talkie, there is an option that isn't the default, but you can have it where 
one tap is walkie-talkie like active on mm-hmm. and you speak and then i think you tap again to like end the transmission um so there's things like that and there's even like new watch os text features there's so many of them now that are both in another setting like clock and also in accessibility because they're they can work either way like for example i've been doing the thing where it's it's new in watch os 6 and the apple watch software where every hour you can hear a tone whether it's bells ringing i have that or, too or birds chirping mm-hmm. and i do the i do the birds chirping <laughs> and um I suppose if you have your sound off, it's still like a distinct a distinct tap on your mm-hmm, wrist so that mm-hmm. you know this is the next hour. Um, but you can you, I, I often have the sound on, and it's like there's the, that's that is a, an, an alert that is unlike any other, and it's the next hour. And and for me, I've spoken about that before, but it kind of just keeps me on pace. It's like throughout my day, and it's like did I just waste the last hour or did I accomplish something? You know, um, totally. I, and 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 going beyond that, you can do things like have Morse code for the time. You can do, um, I think you can do like like a number of taps for time, and and there's one more. Um, that's a that's a bit more. You kind of got to learn it if you don't already know it. But um, those are useful things like tapping the screen with two fingers. Used to you could do tap with one finger on the Mickey or Minnie face, and you get the time spoken in their voice. Mm-hmm. And now I think it is that you do a tap with two fingers mm-hmm. on any face, and you can have the time spoken to you. So. I don't know. I I keep mine on mute all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, when and, you and you work around people in an office space, right? And so, I do, and I also yeah. the whole impetus of me having hearing aids is I have high frequency hearing loss. So a lot of times, the the sound coming out of the watch is either high pitched and or tinny. So uh-huh. it's not like the best anyway. Which is right. that just goes to say again how much I appreciate the haptics um, because that is a, a physical manifestation of whatever the notification is or whatever. And mm-hmm. and one other thing before I forget um, that is kind of adjacent to accessibility but is also just a functionality is because of the haptics, when I am driving my scooter and I have my phone in my pocket, that is so convenient for me to be able to see whatever notification is if I'm literally driving as opposed to me pulling out my phone and having to look and see, you know, who is this or what is it worth my time? I'm just going to get a sandwich for lunch. Do I really need to pull my phone out for this or can it wait till I get back or whatever be mm-hmm. the case? Um, you know, I, I think you alluded to this on your episode with Alex Cox, but as far as, um, tweaking the watch to your, bending it to your own will, if you will. Um, but also like just kind of corralling notifications in a way that is, uh, positive for you and not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was one thing when, when the watch came out that frustrated me so bad. Uh, I remember and, and these days I don't have a problem. I love the Verge and, and Neli. Uh, but one thing I remember in his review is that he complained about how everything was a notification and I was screaming at my computer or whatever <laughs> device I was watching YouTube on. And I'm like, dude, you can change, you know, you can change your per app settings on these notifications. And that's exactly what I do. Like I totally tweak what comes to me through this watch. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the callback to the I think it was episode three with Alex Cox, where I sort of, you know, and that that was that was an episode that was like like it was 
tricky to do, but I was, I was happy with, with the feedback on that. But, um, I sort of had this realization then that there, there are these times, like there's not just one mode that you, you have alerts on on your watch forever. You know, maybe it is, maybe you just don't want to have too many alerts. And so you've only got a few things that get through through the watch and everything else is on the phone. Um, but there are times in my life where I can't even be on the phone that much. Um, and, and they want to not miss out on something and have an anxiety about what am I, mm -hmm. am I worrying about something that, that could happen or, or can oh, I be well. notified about if it does? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and in those cases, it's like turn the watch into like a fire hose of alerts, you know, and it would never be okay with like sitting at home in my office, like you know, tap, tap, tap all the time. But if I'm out and about and I can't, like, I can, you know, the, the phone is like the last thing on my mind, but the watch can be sort of that, that window in, then, then that can be useful. Um, so yeah, it's really customizing it to what your needs are and what you need, like not forever, but like in this, in this sort of mode you're in, you know, or, or you know, whatever your focus is at the moment. That's funny that you say that. So two things there for me, I normally don't change my notification settings other than to put, uh, into do not disturb or not to have a do not disturb. Sure. And um, not everything on my phone mirrors my watch settings, but that is one thing I do mirror. So normally, like if I'm in a movie or if I'm in church or something like that, I'll flick it, you know, flick up to my watch and that's easy. You know, I say do not disturb until I leave this location or whatever. And it's doing it for both devices. Now, one thing I griped about and that I thought for sure, and I think I mentioned this on a, one of our last episodes of season one of Slice, uh, that I griped about that I really thought was coming in iOS 13 that I hope they bring in 14 is a uh, different scenario awareness notifications. In other words, mm -hmm. have one set up for home, have one set up for work, have one set up for movies, have one set up for, so you know, whatever be the case, but allow me to like set a almost like an AIM away notification. Yeah. Remember that throwback? Uh, yeah. It'd be oh, like, yeah. hey, you know, I'm not necessarily not, yeah, I'm not driving right now, but I maybe wanted the auto reply and be like, hey, look, I'm on vacation right now. It might be a, a little bit before I get back to you. I'm in a movie so that mm -hmm. XYZ person doesn't worry about me. And maybe this is, sounds like a first world problem, uh, but for me, like I... Maybe too much pride myself on how quickly I respond to people on text. And mm -hmm. it, it can sometimes backfire, particularly like with my family, particularly with my mom. If I don't respond to her within like, I don't know, five, ten minutes, because I'm right. normally so good at it, she'll start <laughs> to, you know, worry, be like, hey, what's wrong? Or she's not always like that. But the point is, I wish there was, you know, different scenario notification settings. And I, I really hope they, they add that in the future. Yeah. That feels like something that could sort of begin as like integration with shortcuts where you can say not by default, but if you want to and you use theater mode, then reply with this message to people, you know, whether if it's just a text message or an iMessage. Um, and then if you went further with it, you could say, and I think this is sort of like a mix of what a lot of people have been asking for for a while anyway. So, so it's got to be on the list eventually to get to, but um you know, have, have, um, watch faces do different things where, you know, just the, the most easy example, you've got your Mickey mouse watch face or your Minnie mouse watch face. And in that, in that mode, you don't want your work email and you only want text messages from like family and friends and not 
you know, uh, a, a, like business associates or you know, thing like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you want, you, you have like a workout face and you want to have workout mode for that. You know, your, your settings will be different for that. Um, you know, so that, that, that'd be cool. And it seems like there's so many things that, that are on the list of sort of feature requests for the watch that eventually just materialize, you know, in, in one year of an update that it, that it seems like between now and like maybe the next, you know, four or five years, it's gotta be something that's on the list of, of yeah. things to do and pull off. I will say this, like, you know, getting off my soapbox of what I just got on for a <laughs> second there, being able to swipe between different watch faces is about as close as you can get currently to what I yeah. described other than using do not disturb slash do not disturb while driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and for me, I do, um, uh, I have the old, I have in a series three Apple watch that I, I just kind of kept around for testing and things. And I use that as like, when I take off my series four before series five now, and I charge it, then I put on the series three because I'm just, you know, as like, you know, kind of a geek, I want to have like all the heart rate data, whether I'm awake or asleep, I want, and I love looking at that, that data as a complication and it's got the data from midnight to, to midnight, you know, a full 24 hour range. Um, but that, that series three watch is in a mode that is, it's always, it always has theater mode turned on mm-hmm. and it's always in do not disturb. So there's never a sound or a tap or even the screen on. It's just kind of measuring data and not going to interfere unless there's like an emergency phone call, then that would come through mm-hmm. and it mirrors to the phone. So when I change watches, then the phone changes modes too. So the phone goes into D and D do not disturb mode too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I've had days where I'll wake up and, you know, I care about closing my activity rings and sort of meeting those goals. But I also don't want to dive into my phone yet and like get into that world uh, or even like, you know, see an alert on, on the watch itself. So I'll keep on that watch for, you know, an hour or two. And then whenever I'm ready, then I can change over to the daytime watch. You know, it's like then then I'm turned on mode, you know, right. that's the two two physical different watches that, that change your modes. But, you know, and that's just a benefit of having an older watch that I didn't sell or, or give away. But that I got to keep around, but it, you know, in, in the perfect world, one watch would be able to fill, fulfill that same thing. You know, you just flip a toggle and all of a sudden you're in this mode where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not ready for the world yet. Mm-hmm. Neither should my phone be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah. then all those other different scenarios that we talked about, that'd be really cool. One watch to rule them all. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you charge um, it once a week. Yeah. I, I, I totally know what you mean. And I, I'm curious to know as a person who uses two watches, um, so when you switch to one watch from the other, I'm assuming the answer is no here, but the settings in the watch app itself, like the notification settings, et cetera, uh-huh. are they per watch or are they all in the phone app? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good curiosity. And, 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 um, it is that there's a setting that is, um, you can manually switch between watches in, in the watch app, or you can automatically detect based on motion which watch you're wearing and which is active. And the only time it becomes an issue is if you're trying to do a software update on one watch. That watch needs to stay active. Mm-hmm. And so you, you shouldn't leave on that auto switch setting because then the other watch that you put on takes over and, and it can't do the software update the right way. But aside from that one thing, everything else is is, is a setting per watch on the watch app on the phone okay. and, and it's necessary because you know um there are only, there are some watch faces that are only on certain watches so they can't be in the mm-hmm. face gallery mm-hmm. for example 
or there's certain settings that you'd only have on a series four or five that wouldn't be on a series, you know, first gen through series three. And okay. so the whole like list of options needs to change based on the watch. Um, and for that reason, I'm able to do things like have on low heart rate notifications from the series five, but turn those off on the series three, because as I'm, I'm sleeping, sleeping mm-hmm. it'd be all night long. Yeah. <laughs> that those even, even if they don't alert me, they'd be measured and they'd be in the health app. It's like you had 50 low heart rate notifications, you know, cause you're sleeping, but it doesn't know that. So right. yeah, they, they've thought out, you know, there's, there's a time where I think, I don't think that you could do two watches and they had to make that a thing where yeah. you can have one phone, two watches. It was like I remember they it was like to, iOS eleven or something like that. Yeah, they needed to build it in around the time when when there was a new Apple Watch in general, and it's mm-hmm. like and maybe it was like they were a little bit late to that, and it was when there was like a, the third watch was around. But yep. um, but they, they did a good job there. But one thing you can't do is have one iPhone and then two active watches at the same time, mm-hmm. or one Apple Watch. And two iPhones, like your work phone and your personal phone, and then right. have your watch talk to whichever phone you're using. You know, well, then that would just so. cut into their business. You you don't yeah. need one phone, and mm-hmm. and yeah, they they totally yeah. don't need to have one for one. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, with you and I being sort of more technically savvy, we rely on family and friends with technical questions to sort of get that other perspective of. What are some some issues that you're running into, shortcomings? Because I would never think about the limitation of having two phones and, and one watch and, right. and wanting to have them talk to each other. Mm-hmm. But my aunt, for example, um, has a working issued iPhone and then her personal iPhone, mm-hmm. and she's switching between both all day long. Mm-hmm. And she wants alerts from both to come to her one watch. It's like, oh, we could do that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's like not an, an unreasonable Mm-mm. expectation, but yeah, you know. huh. yeah, interesting. Yeah, 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 and I think it's interesting too um, what you said a minute ago about being um, as we get farther along into technology, understanding how technology plays a role in our mental health, and understanding like how social media and and that kind of thing. And I think you know Apple brought screen time um, with with what iOS twelve. I'm just, I'm yeah, not blinking. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that that's kind of one thing that they did, you know, to kind of help that. But I have also been trying to be cognizant of flipping my quote, flipping my brain on when I first wake up. And you and I um, both enjoyed the uh, Jay Shetty podcast recently. Mm-hmm. And I think in the latest episode that you told me about, I told you about one, and then now you told me about one. Yeah. Um, he talked about, uh, the episode was on the, the movie Joker, but if I recall correctly, he, at some point in the episode, talks about being cognizant of not turning his brain on immediately, like looking at his phone when he first wakes mm-hmm. up. And granted, I'm definitely guilty of that um, to an extent, but I'm also, I try to be cognizant of not doing that to an extent as well, and... All of the things that I just told you as far as letting there be like a mode for different scenarios mm-hmm. all lends its hand into like either helping, basically helping that kind of FOMO or the anxiety of either missing out on something or getting too much information depending on the mode that you should, that you're trying to be in, whether it be family right. time or work time or 
It's just always something as I'm getting older, I'm trying to be cognizant of. And we do something at work, which I'm really thankful for as a group um, every couple of weeks as a, a smaller team um, where we kind of take a step back. We take an hour of time and we kind of assess in a, in a kind of professional light, but it usually ends up getting a little bit personal too. Like, why are we doing what we're doing? Um, right. You know, let's understand how this is affecting us mentally, psychologically. Like, could we be doing it differently? Like, it's okay to take breaks. You know, there's so many stigmas with taking breaks and not being on all the time, unfortunately, in today's world. And, you know, I think we're kind of almost at like a a bell curve now. We've kind of reached the capacity where we've realized there's so many people that don't care about that, that they're burning out and we're seeing the negative effects of that. And now we're coming down and realizing all these things that um, used to be true are actually still true. And I think mm-hmm. in that the podcast that I shared with you, the episode with, with um, uh, Lori uh, Santos, uh, with Jay Shetty, he, uh, they, they talk about how um, if you want a, a new idea, look at an old, what was it old uh, book or something like that. Anyway, point is these ideas of like taking time for yourself and resting and it's okay to be that way have been around for a long time and and we've only recently kind of i guess quote shamed not doing that you know what i mean right yeah yeah that makes sense yeah listening to um jay city's podcast that you recommended it's, it was the the last episode that I was listening to, and I was thinking like there were there were so many things he was saying, and he's he's got this professional background in, in mental health and sort of um, you know the, the therapy area and, and how it can apply to everybody, and um, it made me a little bit proud of of the episode that I had with Alex Cox where we that was like the focus of the episode, and uh, even though it was planned to be the focus of that episode, anything we said was sort of you know off sort of like spur of the moment just thoughts that came about as we recorded. And um, there were a lot of parallels there that I felt like were like, you know, and, and we, we, we shared this insight with each other, me and Alex. And it was like, and, and then this, this is like professional advice coming from someone else. It's like, oh, we, we kind of hit on something there, you know, things like, for example, making the, the um, comparison of, of how we treat mental health and how we treat ourselves in terms of how we talk about it and how that can relate to a physical injury or a physical condition that, that, you know, you, you are more open to that. You're less ashamed of that. But then, uh, and you, you're okay with like pausing and treating that. But if it's something, you know, um, that you're feeling or going through, then it tends to be that it's, it's more on your own and you don't share that. And, um, it can be challenging to talk about openly. Um, so yeah, this is one of the things we'll about you is that we haven't known each other very long and it's just been sort of through Twitter and, um, you know, and, and, and then we've, you know, I was, I guess, in your podcast, your guys on mine tonight and, and we've, we've quickly gotten to see the similarities in both of us and what we're sort of interested in and sort of like visions that we share. And, um, you know, and it just so happens that the Apple watch is something that we have in common and, you know, and, and that's through the bigger lens of Apple and, and, and technology and everything. But it, it really, um, makes me feel sort of like the goal of technology if you zoom way out for me is 
to connect people in different places, you know, remotely, um, with, even if there's a physical barrier between you, you can, you can be connected as if you're together and we've not met in person, but, um, you know, the more I get to know you, um, you know, there's, there's new ideas floating around out there, you know, and, and that makes me feel good. And, and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not just a nice person. You're a very intelligent person, Will. And, you know, and, 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 you know, this is sort of the beginning of us getting to know each other, but, you know, I'm grateful whether it's for Apple or technology or the watch itself that, this this comes from that you know this this friendship we've got going here yeah man i totally agree and i um i took a uh i've taken many personality tests since i've been in my current job my old manager uh-huh. was like obsessed with personality tests and even, <laughs> it was funny even after she wasn't my manager anymore it, it reminds me of my most recent one that she had us take afterward when she had moved yeah. to another position um where it, it, i think it called me the connector and so when mm-hmm. you had stated that, um, wherever you had, I can't remember where you said uh, that. I think you said it in one of your one of your podcasts, but um, that you think that you know technology is made to connect, and that's just like my innate personality. And mm-hmm. I had to throw my pride away a long time ago, you know, because when someone meets me, I can't hide the physicality of myself. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, whether it's not like a, it's not something that I can hide. And so you can either choose to make it like a crutch or you can choose to either, you know, have it be a point of conversation or not even let it be something that, you know, defines you per se. And so I don't let my physical hindrances define me um i choose to let my (laughs) it's it's all the time somebody is running into me around town and they they remember me but i don't remember them and in fact (laughs) one time it happened twice in literally 30 minutes Uh i ran into two people i hadn't seen in over 10 years and they remembered me and i had no idea who they were and sure, yeah. so it happens to me a lot, but you know what? I don't mind it because I, I enjoy the conversation and even I'm, I'm learning to even push myself even farther, you know, after listening to that podcast I shared with you, mm-hmm. um, even more, even more than I normally do, like not just necessarily reacting to an initiation of conversation or something like that, but to literally initiate conversations that, seem random and <laughs> uncomfortable, if you will. Um, right. I don't mind responding to a conversation by any means, but the point is I I can't hide who I am. I enjoy connecting people. And um, when, when I get a chance to meet somebody and talk about something, it's just natural for me to uh, bring up, hey, look, like I know you're interested in this thing. Like now, I know you love HomeKit stuff. I'll bring things up to you about HomeKit, and mm-hmm. like I, I use my um, excitement about technology to bring people together, if you will. And so mm-hmm. I try to do that wherever I can, whether it be online, whether it be at work, whether it be personal through text, whatever, you know. Because I've had this physical limitation, it's made me realize there's no need to 
hold yourself back. And so I'm like, you know what? Might as well go for it. Might as well, you know, make that connection because if you don't, you're just going to leave it by the wayside and, you know, another day is going to pass and, you know, (laughs) you're not going to have that chance again. So might as well. Can't be worse than not doing it. Yeah, I love it, Will. I love it. It's so cool. Uh, Will, is there anything that you want to promote before we head off for the evening? Well, you can find our podcast uh, at Slice underscore podcast on Twitter, um, and on Instagram. Um, we are anchor.fm slash uh, Slice Podcast online. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm at WSIG. You can find me on Instagram at WSIG. Um, other than that, I, you know, I just enjoy being here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, this, this is a, this is a podcast series where I, you know, sort of just the the watch is the focus of it, and that gives me a reason to to do this every other week. Um, and and there's a number of guests who I want to talk about specifically about the watch. There's a certain curiosity here or there, um, but you know, you were someone who wasn't on my short list of people to talk to. No pun intended. Frankly, yeah, <laughs> frankly, because I didn't know you. And I, I I think I might have followed you on Twitter or seen you on Twitter before you know, a few times and, and, and you know, over the years. But um, it, I didn't know you on this level, you know, and mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and I'm, and I'm glad for this podcast and, and, and for yours as well. So that we get to make that connection. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, you know, and, and something else is, is that this is an opportunity to talk and, and talk about things that we might not otherwise talk about, you know, and, and share things. And, and to anyone who listens, it, I, I hope it's, it's meaningful and that, that something sticks with you from these episodes, you know, whether it's our conversation here or, you know, even in the future, you know, I, I hope to keep doing this and, and, um, you know, and, and follow Will, you know, because he, he you're a smart person, you know, and, Thanks. and I, I have to be honest when we talk, I'm a little bit intimidated sometimes, but, you know, it's one of those things where, um, I, I realize I'm not the smartest person in the room <laughs> and I'm making notes as you talk and you say things and, you know, you bring, bring things up. So I, w- I wouldn't put it like that. I would, I, <laughs> no. I wouldn't say we, you know, everyone has different life experiences. Sure. And yeah. some, some of us are older. And so therefore we've had different life experiences because of that. Some of us have had different life experiences because of our family situations, our physical situations, Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of environmental situations. I think everybody can learn from each other if we just simply approach each other with kindness. And, you know, don't don't feel intimidated because, as you said in our episode of Slice, we're all just people. Yeah, We all put our pants <laughs> right. on the, the, the same way in the morning. Um, yeah, I might put mine on a little bit differently because I had hip and knee surgery and I can't quite bend down like everybody else. <laughs> but the point is, in general, everybody's a human being. And, you know, I think that has framed my thought process, particularly professionally. That helps me be open, uh, from the top down and is to think like this person is a person. Let me find some way to connect, as we just said, with that with this mm-hmm. person so that in my brain, I don't feel like they're, quote, three or four notches above me uh, mm-hmm. socially, if you will. Let me find yeah. a way to connect with them on a, a, on a level where I feel like I can kind of kick back and, and realize, like, hey, look, like, this person 
they're a human being that's going through life too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know, don't don't say that. You know, just think <laughs> about it as we just had different life experiences and we can learn from each mm-hmm. other. And that's the whole point of your podcast. Yeah, and and that that approach that you have, it's both intentional and I picked up on that because. You know, it, it it can be something like if you, if if you meet someone who is like starstruck by you, or, you know, for, for whatever reason, um, then then that sort of sense of of you know appreciation, but like discomfort, like you're not familiar yet, can 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 be reflected by the other person, and then it's like you know where do you go from there? Right. But with your approach of you know find the common ground and let that be the connection, then it's mutual from there on. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, man, you're good. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> uh, it. Yeah, last question before we, we head off. Uh-huh. What Apple Watch do you have now? Watch faces and band combination, you know, case material model. Yep. So I have the Series 5 aluminum. Uh-huh. Um, and I have the recently received and, and very enjoying the brown, uh, Saturn Brown, I guess, uh, leather loop. And uh-huh. I, I vastly prefer anything that is um, a sport band or anything that's magnetic where I can kind of adjust sure. it incrementally. And mm-hmm. I also am currently, recently, as of the five, because I'm trying to, you know, look trendy when I'm not having a <laughs> uh, watch face uh, facing towards me and I want, like, my fans, I mean, <clears throat> my coworkers and uh, yeah. other bystanders that are walking by uh, to be able to see something other than, you know, just like a bland infographic face. I did have the infographic face. Um, but mm-hmm. no, the, uh, the infograph modular I'm really enjoying with carrot as my top left. Uh, for weather? I, um, yep. Carrot for weather, carrot app. Love that. You can very much customize it. Um, yeah. activity is my top right. Uh, reminders is my bottom right, which I really have been loving in iOS 13 and Catalina. Um, it's yeah. kind of replaced things for me, which is still a great app, but anyway. Um, and then kind of fluctuating right now, it's Fantastical in my bottom left, but back and forth on calendar there. And then as my middle top, uh, sub, they call it sub something. Um, I have the digital time, which I, if I didn't have that, I would not even have this space. And I didn't even <laughs> know that this was possible until I saw MKBHD's screenshot that he took and he was saying something and I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know you could do a digital watch um, inside of the infograph modular, which is an analog face in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have that as my sub top middle sub uh, sub right. I have the calendar or date, I guess you could say. And then I have messages as the uh, sub middle. And then I just changed it earlier tonight. Um, I have, Going back to like Apple Mail, I had been using Canary. I had also before that been using Spark, but right now it's Apple Mail. Before I had had that when I had the uh, the carrot weather um, circular face as a um, uh, precipitation amount currently. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like a that left sub is kind of like I can kind of switch it out and see how it yeah, goes. It's always nice to have one complication. Yeah. That isn't- you know, you, you've got to have it as, as something important and you can kind of play around with that experiment with it. Yeah, and I really like, and just a, one more thing about this, I like the uh, the white face when I'm 
actively mm-hmm. looking at it because I can tell it was actually um, switching from not active to active as far as the faces right. go. So with having always on when your wrist is lowered Correct. or the screen sort of times out, then it can it dims out and kind of shrinks. Yep. But it's also cool to have it switch to a black background versus the white, and then the white one is it's it's active because the difference is when it's it's in that rest mode. You can tap the screen, but it doesn't launch an app or right. you know, interact with it. It just turns the screen back to active. Exactly. So having a different color. I'm with you there. You have a different color, and you know distinctly which mode it's in. Yeah, and I cool. I wonder, too, like now with this always on display, you know, it's new this year, and there's not a whole lot of ones that kind of do that change mm-hmm. from one to the other. I think I had mentioned to you, like, it almost be cool to have one type of display in inactive always on mode whatever you want to call it versus yeah. active like 100% like different face mm-hmm. but in the meantime I'm, I'm curious to know if maybe they might come out with other like kind of like almost dark mode versus light mode wallpapers right so yeah yeah I don't know well, cool. Thanks, Will, so much for being here. Yeah. Um, everyone follow Will. Again, W-S-I-G. You got a good handle. Thanks. On, on I got it yeah. early, man. I got. I, I jumped <laughs> on board uh, Twitter and Instagram as early as I could, and um, yeah. I tried to get that four-letter four handle. <laughs> That's nice. And then search Apple Podcast or Overcast or wherever you hear your podcast for Slice Podcast. Or as you mentioned, you can go to a specific URL for from Anchor, right? Yep. Which is which is what again? Yep. That's anchor.fm slash slice podcast. Easy enough. Yep. All right. Well, thanks again for being here and uh, I will catch up with you in the future. Thank you.